So, now you know that old Tilly were alive. And, more than alive, he were Arrowveen, the creator reborn as a celestial human. Ah, no, <laughs> don't you worry. Took me a while to wrap me mind around it too. But what were important was that old elven wizard Bartom had brought our airy boy back. He were still telling us, but also he were the architect, an ancient being capable of creating gods. Rising islands from the seas, and making the flora and fauna you see around us come to life. But, you see, perceptions and memories are important when it comes to magic and the like. If you do not believe in or even know the spell you're trying to cast, it just won't work. So even though the architect had all this knowledge and had even returned as Thesla before, Telly did not have memory of such a time. So I, capable, Telnius were, but also limited by his understanding and lost knowledge. Ah, but let's not forget Oyas, poor Oyas, walking around the woods, wondering if his friend were gonna be okay. Well, it wouldn't be too long before the two would be reunited. But first, they'd have a few obstacles to overcome. Oh, and a wee dragon to name. Finally, the spell ends, and sitting before you is this small pseudo-dragon who looks up to you and locks eyes with you. Hey there. And I use the back of my hand to pet her face um, on her right side, going from her face down the side. So I move my hand down her right side and spread out her right wing um, and see the 
a golden flex in the shape of a galaxy on her wings. Oh as you as you pet her face, yeah, this small purring. As the wing billows out, she kind of rolls her shoulders as if discovering that she has wings and she stands a little taller and flexes out her wings and goes There you go, little girl. And she begins to flap them and takes flight, flying around you, around your head. And it looks down and sees Bartolm's pseudo-dragon is also kind of shaking its head awake. And and it takes flight, too. And they almost playfully go through the air around you. And Bartolm is just laughing. And, oh, yes. And this he, is amazing. He kind of like falls back a little bit onto the desk, like, oh, whoa, Ooh. that was quite a bit of excitement. Yes. What wow, you- just such joy. This act of creation is, it brings me such joy, Barton. Yes, yes, it really is you. And he's kind of looking at you almost like amazed that he's able to see the presence of an old friend, but also in the form of of this new form of friend, this Telnius that was almost like a son to him for so long. And he he pulls you in close and for a hug. Telnius embraces him and holds him close um, and flexes his right hand, you know, as he's uh, squeezing him in, you know. Aww. And uh, the the dragons kind of land around you, and they turn their heads left and right like a dog, like, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Where's our pets?" kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And Bartom begins to pet his own. He says, "I think I'm going to name mine horse." Oh, <laughs> this is horse the dragon. Well, mm. <laughs> what are you going to name yours, Talnius? Ah, uh, wow. Well, uh, what what is your name? And I want to uh, talk to her because I, I don't know what she's capable of. If she is intelligent, can I communicate with her? What is her sentience like? You feel first before it opens its mouth as if there is like a telepathic connection with her. And you feel this sense of calm and she has this sense of protector toward you, right? Like she's imprinting, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, yeah. on you, yeah. you know, like understanding the relationship, the parent-child relationship almost. And so those are the emotions you're getting. Uh, and she cannot speak words, uh, but in your mind there's a... Do, does your character speak draconic? Uh, no, chance. I speak celestial, elven, common, and draconic, dwarvish. <laughs> <laughs> Waste. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> dwarvish. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the draconic word suddenly comes into your mind, Ulna. 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 Uh, Barton. That. That's draconic, isn't it? Oh, yes. What What does that mean? Hmm. Means the blue sister. Oh, that's that's your name, isn't it? And again, I pet her 
the side of her face. I, I imagine doing it like you would to a cat, you know, as their whiskers come out, you know, and mm-hmm. they like uh, rub the side of their face against the yeah, back and of your hand. Yeah, and with dragons, they have like a bit of almost fins yeah. coming out of their face a bit with like little tiny horns speckled yeah. uh, along them and like little horns. Those fins kind of expand out and her back end kind of curls up yeah almost like a cat's as it stretches forward yeah, into yeah. you petting her so uh, as i'm petting her face ulna blue sister or blister for short <laughs> no. no okay ulna ulna it is yes <laughs> and uh she nods and bartolm says oh very cute she must mean she's the sister of horse here mm. yeah mm. Must, must be Horse, give me a nay. Good enough. <laughs> Bartolm, you bastard. Oh, man. Bartolm, you fucking weirdo. This, this dragonette is named Horse. So, you now have a pseudo-dragon familiar. You can use the Amorite Stone with you mm. to dispel familiar like find familiar okay, yeah. just like the spell would and right. using that hour long ritual you can resummon them okay, so cool. they don't always have to be in physical form right in front of you cool. they have that bond with you and the amorite is powerful enough to contain the physical and and spiritual aspect of Ulna. So uh, you said that the Amorite kind of got a little bit smaller as I used it. Roughly how many, like if I had to guess, um, you know, let's say something happens to Ulna and she is, you know, destroyed or, you know, sent into the the ether. Yeah. I can re-summon familiar. Roughly how many times do you think? So with the Amorite, once you've used it to create the being, you it no longer disintegrates the Amorite because this is a uh, special bond between you and your familiar. If you were to have created a dog and it just ran free, like if the dog died and you created a, you would have to create a a new new one and it would then dissipate the stone. But because this is your familiar, Mm -hmm. you're almost using it more as a focus uh, than anything else. Cool. Give me one more constitution saving throw, uh, no longer at advantage. Mm. Yeah, that's a six. And you feel incredibly tired after all this commotion. And Bartolm sees this uh, exhaustion go over your face. And he yeah. says, no, that was fun. But let's let's get you to bed. I'm, I'm afraid I've pushed you a little too far too fast. Yes, um, if you don't mind, I, I would like to sleep in, in a bed... Instead of the table, preferably. Of course, let's get you up these stairs. <laughs> okay, and thank you. As you walk toward the spiral staircase, he kind of waves a hand over, and like both of your dragons are like flying and crawling with you, like yeah, kind of yeah, at yeah. your heels. And he waves a hand, and the staircase goes from being these smaller steps with spaces in between, and they kind of fill out more and make larger steps and a railing grows up from the roots spiraling around to help lead you up into making it like a a more full filled out staircase and then when we get to the top he just like waves his hand and they go back to space saver mode exactly and so as he waves his hand you're able to climb the stairs and he leads you to your old childhood Mm -hmm. bed yeah hell yeah
Ayas, it's beginning to get late, and the thought of returning to the cottage comes to you as you begin to ride out of the grove of aspens. The dragonfly that you have befriended buzzes out from the elder tree circle and goes through the trees and lands on your shoulder as you go from a trot to a gallop. When gaining enough speed, the dragonfly flies at your side, weaving from left to right, almost playfully. As you continue riding through the woods, you go through the larger fields, you hit the more southern forests. Go ahead and give me a survival check at advantage to make sure you are going in the correct direction of Bartom's cottage as the sun is setting. 20. Beautiful. Yeah, you you know exactly where you're going. There's no paths this far north. Not even many of the tribes make it up to this way. A few brave hunters from Penton might make it out this way, but there are strict guidelines and packs that are made between the elves and the humans of Penton to make sure that the hunting is safe for the ecology and the environment of the forest. You feel as if you are in a solitary place, riding amongst the foliage. After a while, give me a perception check. Same fucking roll. 20. You hear a guttural singing coursing through the air. (gasps) A strange smell begins to meld into the air around you, covering the composting leaves and the dirt that Tolka is kicking up. Do you continue riding or do you slow your pace? I slow my pace, for sure. Especially if I smell something different from the foliage of the forest. The Tolka does come almost to a stop and kind of neighs a bit and smells into the air. The dragonfly hovers next to you seems to turn its attention to your right where that smell is coming from. That's going to be further to the west, the direction that it is facing. It slowly begins to hover and go into the tree line leading deeper into the western forest. And I have to go that way. This is my new path, and I take a change, and I head towards the smell. Do you guide Tolka, or do you dismount and go on foot? I think at this point I definitely dismount, and I pat Tolka on the neck. You can come if you want, but I'll be right back. And pats its feet, or pats its hooves against the dirt, and you can see it, it is making... It's making it stand here and just and just gonna wait for you. Fair enough. As you go deeper, kind of following the low hum of the wings of the dragonfly, bobbing slowly deeper into the woods, that smell becomes stronger. Uh, a, a small amount of brush opens up to a leveled out more rocky and dirt filled location. Leaning against a larger boulder, you do see the carcass 
of a deer. And blood is splayed out along the boulder it is leaned against. If you wish, you could go further and either survival or medicine check on it. Yeah, I quickly make my way to this deer as I kneel down to see if it's still alive, if it's showing any form of life, or if it needs to be dealt with, and I rolled a natural 20. (laughs) You get up to it, and even before you kneel next to it, you can tell its chest isn't rising, its eyes are more glazed over. When you look at the antlers, they seem to be covered in this slimy black substance. Ayas would definitely be hands-on, just no sword, just... Obviously, this blood is fresh. This de- this deer did not die that long ago. Mm-hmm. So I am for sure just touching it and, and sure. moving its limbs and trying to figure out what's up. As you pick up its left front left leg, because it's lying on its right side, mm-hmm. you lift it up and, and blood pours out a little bit more. You can tell there are deep gashes along the chest as if something attacked it from the front or maybe even sat on the back of it and raked uh, what looked like giant large claws across its chest. What the heck? There seems to be the beginning of bite marks with sharp canine teeth along the neck as well that have started, (sighs) but it looks like this was left. And as you're looking at the bite marks, you hear that singing once again, that guttural singing. Roll me a wisdom saving throw. 18. Nice. You felt as if the voice was calling to you to help it, to help whatever creature this is coming from, as if it was beckoning you or trying to lure you. And there's almost this voice in your head that goes, Carve it up. Carve it for a feast. But you fight away the urge to take your sword out and begin carving the deer. When you look up and when you bring your head back away to fight away this urge, there is a rush of flapping wings And what at first seems like a giant vulture lands on the bows just above you. But instead of a vulture's wings spreading out, they are actually the black cosmic wings of what seems to be a deformed harpy. It has been wounded by the stag with a few puncture wounds at its side, but it now looks to you with its blanched white bone white face and piercing blue eyes as the mouth opens revealing these carnivorous teeth on the top and bottom you will make a good meal as it rushes towards you roll a niche whoa nice none of this is for you and I rolled a Eight. It got a 19 on its inish. Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's twice as better. <laughs> oh, but on its attack roll with a bite first, only gets a 10 total. 
Uh, how do you fight away the bite of this thing as it launches off the bow, wings going straight back, almost like a diving hawk coming straight for you, its yeah. mouth wide open? Yeah, as it comes at me, I grab Vanessa at the hilt with both hands, and I wrench it free from the sheath as I use both of my fists around the handle to club this thing in the face and and bring it over my body away from me. Okay, as it lurches to the right, being hit by you, it does billow backwards like its wings billow out and the claws come out toward you as if hovering above you, but bringing those claws, they're going to make an attack on you. Okay. 10 points of slashing damage across the chest. Simul... Fuck! <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough one. Popped a blood vessel in my ear. I look at this beast as it's flapping in front of me, and I I stroke my hand down my face as a, as a blue light emanates among my face, and then I reach my hand out forward as the blue light emanates and reflects on its face. And I have cast Hunter's Mark as I charge forward with Vanessa and I leap into the air and bring the blade down. Give me your first attack. 19. 19 hits. 9 points of damage regular, 2 points of heat damage as I slash through this thing with my first attack. All all the damage goes through. Go ahead and roll your hunter's mark as well. That's a d6 I believe. 4. It is still up. It is now wavering, though. It seems the wounds on its side where the black ichor is dripping down, the wounds at its side have dealt quite a bit of damage to it already, so your first slash already makes it wavering in the air. Give me your second attack. 14. 15 is its armor class as... It wavers in the air. Its imbalance actually throws you off as you go for your next slash. You thought it was going to continue hovering there directly in front of you, but instead it spirals a bit to the left, gains its balance once again, and is going to come at you with a bite unless you have anything else on your turn. Got nothing. This time it's going to be an 18 with the bite. Got me. Ooh, it sinks in at your right shoulder, just at that muscle right before your neck. The teeth sink in. They're like sharp claws or sharp daggers biting into your flesh as that black substance emits from its mouth as well. Oh, shit. And I've rolled full damage on that part. And... Can I get an extra D8? No. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. That's 24 points of damage as this bite sinks in. It wraps its wings around you as if feasting off of you. 13 of the points being this necrotic, life-draining damage and energy sinking into your shoulder. Ah! <sighs> Oh, its claw attacks hit again with another 12 points of damage from the claws. <laughs> As they break across, uh, going from your chest to your stomach, and then the left claw is going down your back. How does Ias react? I want to use my move to 
grapple anything that's that's coming at me. Any kind of wing, claw, neck. I want to just reach my arms around, sword in hand, and just... Let's do a contest, an athletics contest. 19. Oh my god, it got a 19 as well. I rolled oh. an 18, it only gets a plus one. <laughs> I think it goes to the defender. So it almost looks like... It almost looks like a comedic, like turkey day fight like there's feathers <laughs> flying with these strange cosmic glimmers off of them as you're like no no and you're like throwing your arms around it as it's kind of beating its wings and the wind's hitting your face and you're having to look away it's it's rough it's a weird fight but <laughs> at the last minute the last claw pushes against your face and it frees itself going back about five feet it's only five feet in the air that's as far as it could get escaping your grapple uh, but it is it is free. You still have your second attack, though. Yeah, I definitely get it with a 21. Nice. Uh, go ahead, roll that damage, and don't forget your hunter's mark. I will not forget my hunter's mark. I know I did as Janessa a lot. Eight points of damage with five points of heat damage and three points of hunter's mark damage. As I look at this beast, as it pounces away from my chest, it I bring Vanessa in front of me as the flames race forward down the blade from the hilt all the way to the tip of the blade the flames just engulf and they extend outward almost to a point where they're kind of flicking into this harpy's face as I just pounce forward yeah as you lean back you suddenly hear that and on your shoulder, that dragonfly lands on you, and almost like a like a strange boon or a help action or whatever, suddenly you feel the jump spell activated. And so your pounce forward is five times mightier than you anticipated. <laughs> As I... I feel this strength in my legs build up as this dragonfly lands on my shoulder and I crouch down and I shoot forward and as I shoot forward my sword comes down slashing once and twice and three times. Yeah, um, the last slash your sword sticks into its gut as its eyes, its strange cosmic eyes roll back and its eyelids flicker shut as the wings stop flapping and your jump action arcs taking you 20 more feet into the woods away from the deer as you land on top of this thing with your sword sticking out the the black icor just dripping down the sword and from its stomach it lies there lifeless my sword is in its sternum as i land on the ground and on top of the body i slide into the forest on top of it and I slowly come to a stop as everything is just dead underneath me. I wrench the sword free and I whip the eye core to the side and flick the blade clean. Nice. There's like a small speckling of like black across your face and as you look up breathing a little heavier the, the forest is calm around you. Uh, the dragonfly isn't on your shoulder anymore, and you don't hear the buzzing near you. Uh, you hear a small snort. 
You hear Tolka a distance away. But other than that, this forest has gone quiet. Ah, peculiar. Hmm. And I reach down and I grab the harpy by the wound and I dig my hand into its wound as I rip it up off the ground and onto my shoulder and I carry it back to Tolka. Whoa. This place is beautiful. Hey, seems like I've stumbled upon some locals. Maybe they've seen Taylor. Um, hello. Uh, hell and well met. I am but a weary traveler in your realm. My name is... Cass? No, no you're, you're Andrew. I'm Cass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Hi. me... <laughs> the fuck are you doing here? Is, is that a hot tub? Hot springs, but you were close. Wanna join? Yeah, come take a hit. Is that elven weed? <laughs> uh, that weak shit? No, this is <laughs> this is the good stuff. This is fawn leaf. Fawn leaf. <laughs> yeah, brother. It'll send you to another world. Uh I'm good. Done a lot of extra planner travel. As of late. Um, speaking of, how'd you get here? Oh, you know, the teleportation gun. Why do you think I had you and Taylor fix it for me? Oh, yeah. Um, wait, you needed it fixed so you could travel to the Fey Realm in the Chasm universe to party with a satyr? Hell yeah. Where else are you going to find that good kush? I mean, the dude looks sketchy. How good could it be? None taken. Sorry. Here, take a hit. It'll help with your portal lag, trust me. Uh, All right, I've been a little stressed trying to... Okay, Uh, let's give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Let it out. Well, <laughs> while he's recovering and swallowing his lungs again, let's go over some stuff. Today's episode of Chasm Quest had Andrew as the Danger Mom, Taylor as Ayas, Micah as Telnius, and Colin as Old Colun. Theme song by Sam Anderson, and sound design by Alex Danner. Yeah, featured music from Ivan Dutch. Find him at ivandutch.com. And support his Patreon account. While you're there, you may as well head over to patreon.com slash chasmquest to support the Rowdy Boys. And follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chasmquest. And be sure to visit chasmquest.com for links to the Discord, merch, and the online wiki. Make sure and review us on Apple Podcasts. And check out the lovely Craftians while you're at it. An all-fem Call of Cthulhu RPG podcast. You know, we're about to put on our fourth season finale episodes, so if you like spooks, it's a good time to check it out. (sighs) Okay, cool. You all right there, bud? I can breathe again. Yeah, breathing is good. 
Whoa, everything's moving very slowly. <laughs> I feel like I need to sit down. Careful. There you go. Let's get you in this hot spring and then your body can melt along with your mind. Oh, sounds good. Oh, hot. Oh, well, that's <laughs> nice. That's nice. Ah, you know, I, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind getting in these uh, hot springs because, you know, I've been using the uh, new lawnmower 4.0 by Manscaped. They've engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality for an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Yeah, I, I love mine. I use it to customize my trim with the additional four guard lengths. And I got to tell you, sometimes I get a little lazy, get a little tired, and nobody's touching it. So I, I need all the help I can get to tame my wild leg brambles. <laughs> wait, wait, you use Manscaped? Hell yeah. I'll let the branding fool you. Manscaped is for the he's, she's, and they's. And the face. Its upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn a 4,000K LED <laughs> spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It really helped me when I was trying to trim my ass. Here, take a look. No more dingleberries. Oh. Wow. Huh. Just go to manscaped.com and use promo code ROWDY, R-O-W-D-Y, for 20% off your next order and free shipping. That's promo code ROWDY for 20% off your next order with free shipping. And remember, you don't need balls to make your underdark look good. Manscaped.com, your genitalia will thank you. You know what, guys? I'm currently hooked on their hydrating body spray. Mm. I love its quick-drying, non-greasy formula, which features their trademarked, refined cologne-quality fragrance. Leaves me feeling fresh and sexy. Speaking of fresh and sexy, Cass, have you seen Taylor? Oh, he's here too? Dope. Maybe we should sober up a little and, I don't know, Carlos, can you help us find him? Oh, sure thing, Cass. I know these woods like the back of my shaved ass. Oh, great. Perfect. Excited to (laughs) journey into the woods with you. you trudge through the woods toward Tolka with the harpy in tow. The dragonfly returns. It seems to be keeping a 10-foot distance from the harpy in itself. It flies a little above, a little bit more chaotically. As you make your way, you come back to the point where Tolka is. You, I imagine you load the harpy onto the back 
of Tolka yes. mount and begin to ride south, still using that unnatural 20 roll that you did for survival to make mm. it back to the cottage. Yes, I take the harpy and I sling it over Tolka's backside. As I get it over the top of it, I take a rope and I start tying it to its body and I start to make my way on top of him and then I pet his mane. What you can sense between your connection between you and Tolka, the ease that he had when riding through the forest earlier seems to be gone now, especially the whole time you were roping this harpy on its backside. He was kind of stomping his feet and moving a bit away. Easy, easy. Everything's fine now. And I start stroking his jaw, like specifically, just like right around that ligament next to his uh, jawbone contact with his skull. Nice. Yeah, he subsides and, and lets you mount as you ride further south. As you continue south through the Norholman Forest, finally you make your way into the clearing where Bartom's cottage is. You see the vines hanging and they part for you (gasps) as you come through. And 20 feet ahead of you is that small stone path that leads to the stone entryway into this cottage. The thatched roof, the wooden walls, the windows all around. You can see a fire blazing inside, smoke pouring through a chimney, a second smaller chimney, the the stovetop that he uses for tea. You can see the smoke rising from it as well. It is strange returning to this place after so many years as if returning home. <sighs> Hitched to the side of the building is Quarter, uh, Talnius's horse that you used to carry his body from Penton to Bartom's cottage. For a moment, memories of that horrific night, the attack from Brim, the Kraken, the loss, finding Telnius's body, being charged with bringing him here. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Twelve. You're moving rather slowly. It it takes you three tries to hitch Tolka next to Quarter, as if seeing Quarter triggered these emotions, and it's hard to even stand next to the horse. I'm getting flashbacks of the night I fought Brim. I, I land on Brim's back as I press a pistol up to his spine, and I pull the trigger... Smoke goes everywhere as I try to wrench the gauntlet free from his arm. He casts me aside as he presses a hand to my chest and I fall to the ground. I try desperately to look up as I look over at the Kraken. As I see flames explode from this thing. The light from the sky reflects an orangish yellow flame as my vision slowly turns to black 
I shake it. There's a pain in your chest. And your, your hand goes there. And at first you think your heart is having strange palpitations. But in fact, it is a, a pulsing energy coming from the new blackened wound across your chest where Brim laid his hand. As you wait for the pain to subside, you take a few deep breaths, gain composure. I immediately think of the forest, of the greenery around me. The green I could always depend on. One color never left me, and that color was the green. Green has always been my cornerstone. And then after the green floods in the faces of the ones I love. Telnius, Kalun, Rory. I get faces of Bartolm, Lunessa, Levawin. Everything seems okay. As I take three more deep breaths. Your hands finally stop their shaking. And this time it only takes one try to untie the harpy from the back of Tolka to bring its wretched body into Bartom's cottage. As you open the wooden doors, it creaks open. To your left is the familiar bookshelves. In the middle is the case of the different gemstones he has kept. Directly across the large map of Anu and his map table. To your right is the fireplace with the mantle and the bookcases on the left and right. And there stands the elderly wizard over the fire. A kettle begins to whistle right beside you to your right on top of the stove. Uh, Bartom, as you see him in this moment, he seems more gaunt, more almost skeletal than ever before. Um, your thoughts go away from this as the kettle begins to whistle. Um, Barton turns his head and, and greets you. Ice, you've returned. Hello, old man. <laughs> Look, you, uh, you sandalwood folk need to learn how to respect your elders, and he's pointing his cane at you. Why don't you take that kettle off the stove and... What the heavens do you have in your arms? What is that thing? Yeah, here you go. Got a few rabbits on the way. Also, found a hoppy. Don't know what we can do with this, and I... And I lean it over, and I drop it onto the floor, and it goes... I love that you start with rabbits. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah and, and, and a harpy. But, and a harpy, no but big deal. a couple rabbits, for sure. <laughs> oh, the rabbits are welcome, but, oh, there's Ico all over my new floors. <laughs> please, please, take the kettle off. I'll handle this mess. Sure, yeah. 
And I walk over and I grab the kettle and I pull it off and set it onto the counter onto a warming mat. Yeah. Uh, and he walks over to the harpy, he begins to look at it. He's poking it with his cane. He's like, what in all the planes have you found now? I yeah. didn't take you for bringing new pets home, but this is outrageous. Uh, you haven't seen these before? I just, you know, out in the woods, just kind of exploring. This thing came up to me, started telling me all kind of bullshit, and I fucking killed it. Ayas, watch your language now. <laughs> and keep your voice down. Telnius is awake, but he's... Awake? Well, he's sleeping now, but but he's... He has awakened. <laughs> he has awakened and is now asleep. Wow. He, wow. he overexerted himself a bit in, in a, a bit of magic uh, that we were trying. Can, Can I talk? I, I, want to, I want to speak. Uh, well, I guess. He will in time. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, pour yourself some tea, and uh, take a seat. Let me take this thing, and he... Uh, he you see him put his hand over the harpy, and he casts a small spell. Just a little burst goes from his hand as the harpy levitates at about hip height. And you see his hand wave over, and he walks behind it, guiding it toward the bookshelf on the left. And he brushes a mat aside on the ground and reveals this square cutout on the ground where it looks like roots have all grown together to form a solid surface lining up with the wood flooring of the rest of the cottage. He walks up to the bookcase and he goes through some of the tomes and he finally lands on a gray tome, a very old book, one that you recognize, Ayas. Uh, but you've never seen him pull it out before. And as he pulls it out, he whispers a small incantation and the roots begin to form a spiral staircase going down. This is a part of the cottage that Bartholm has never shown to you. And he turns around and uses one hand and he begins to guide the harpy down that staircase. And after a moment, he opens his eyes puts the mat back and the roots grow back up and he says oh, oh sorry any any small bit of magic is just a lot for me these days I'm going to take a seat now do you mind bringing me some tea and he begins to hobble over to one of the chairs across from you sure is this your good tea uh, yes yes um do do sip it. It is very hot still. Hmm. Excellent. And I bring it over and I pour him a cup and I pour myself a cup as well. As you're pouring it in front of him, he's like holding his mug and he looks up at you and he says, when have I ever made bad tea anyway? Well, that's a good point. I, I assume your tea is the best I've ever had personally. I'll tell you what. Come back when you can make some kind of mango sauce. Yolk sauce, they call it. Yolk sauce. Who who makes that? Who calls it that? And they call that in the crags. The youths of the crags. <laughs> the crags? Uh, you mean the orcish folk? Yes, Sutland. Oh, that's right. You spent some time there, sorry. I know you explained much while Telnius was healing, but... um. 
still some slips through the mm-hmm. deep, deep crevices of my old mind. Please take a seat, relax. It looks like your journey took you on some turns you did not expect. Tell me, where did this one come from? This one came from up north. I made my way up to the Amberant. Obviously, you probably already know what lies up that way. You've seen the destruction. Yes, and I also saw young Levi. Hmm. Oh, boy. Ah, yes. Silen and and them. They they spoke of Janessa and Selvi. They spoke of a boy named Levi. They joined the ancestors, is that correct? Yes, so it would appear. Good to know that the ancestors still have a guardian. I have not made it up that way in some time as I have been focusing on matters down here. How bad is it? It's bad, Bartolm. It's... it's in ruin. It's no good. (sighs) The Amberant that once stood there is nothing but a stump. Yes, uh, though nothing appears on the surface, much lies beneath the soil. If there is still an ancestor there, there is still hope. Uh. The roots grow deep on the Amberants. We will find a way. Well, I know that if I have faith in anything, it's you. I appreciate that, Ayas. I have always had a a liking for you. Seeing you as something of a grandchild I have. Look, I'm not trying to be sentimental here. I'm just saying, you know, you're thorough. <laughs> of course. Give me a... You can either choose medicine or insight check. Insight for 18. Needed a 15. You begin to recognize that this is more than just old age, especially for an elf, you can tell there's something wrong. Something off. A, Bartom's never sentimental. B, the last few days that you've spent here, his behavior and the cane, it's all starting to click. There's something wrong with the with this old man other than just being old. Hey, what's the deal? What What's going on with you? This isn't normal. I mean, I yes, I usually add mint to the tea, but no, 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 I just not simply the tea. ran out. No, I'm not talking about that. You look weak. What's the deal? <sighs> he takes a deep breath of the steam coming off of his own tea, and he begins to sip it. I have to make this brew every morning in order just to get around the house and sweep the floor. I used to lead tribes and hunts, work with the gods themselves, and yet here I am, barely able to get down the next sip. (laughs) Tis a funny thing, life. No, you're not. No, you're not coming to your end. That's not how this goes. I guess that's the only way it goes. You know, your mark you showed me on your chest. Hi. Brim gave that to you because of his connection to darkness. His connection to 
<clears throat> what the scholars refer to as um, the abyss. Yes. I'm afraid I have been marked with something similar, though for my body it is much deadlier. No, what? No, no! More unique sickness. Please, please, keep your voice down. Tell me it still slumbers in your old room. Uh, I... What's going on? Tell me. Be plain with your words. Telnius is not quite the person you knew him to be. He is still Telnius, but he is so much more now, and has been. What do you mean, more? How can the person be more? What are you talking about? There are other planes than just here and the abyss. I know you've done some research. You know of the Fey Realm. You know of the ethereal plane. I have, yes. There's more than just those, even. There's the astral plane. A celestial plane. Uh, Without getting into too much detail or scholarly notions, (laughs) Telnius is a being not quite from this world. He may have helped create much of this world. Created it? Yes, it is a very long story, and I'm sure there is much that he will want to share, but to get to the point, I I had lost him as his first form. Radovine, we called him. I, uh, you may have heard the name. He, uh, he was lost. The deaths of his creation. The gods. The savageness they wrought upon each other. It, it killed him. And after time, I learned of a way to bring him back. But it has not been an easy course. Telnius has fallen a few times on his journey with you. Am I wrong? No, no, he's... He's fallen many times, but he's always bounced back. Like, that, that's not a problem. It was not a problem because I spent myself, my own powers and abilities, to make sure he would come back in the hope that he would one day grow more powerful than I, that he would become his full self once more. And I have done everything in my power to make it so. But I... I believe it has cost me my life. No, no, no. Certainly not. This he's come back on his own accord. He's a good cleric. His ability to tap into healing powers, those were a limitation of what his true potential was. Tell me, you witnessed him casting more 
powerful spells than just a simple healing word. Am I, am I correct? I assume so. Walls of flame, creating maelstroms in the waters. Did you think he was simply imbued by a long-dead god? I assume these were cleric abilities. Why? What do you mean? These are more powerful than clerics can attain? Yes, because I made him so. Again, it is a long story, but I made sure he had a... I made sure he was brought up by the church. The power that they tap into is but a morsel of what Radovine spread across this land. For you see, Radovine once mysteriously returned as Thessla, the man we know as the burned god, was simply a second coming of our creator. Telnius now is the third. Telnius is Thessla? At this point, I want to walk into the... What's up, fuckers? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be beautiful. What's up, bitches? <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> it's me. It's Chad. I'm going to go punch some drywall and down a monster. <laughs> yes, in so few words, you are correct. There's still much mystery that surrounds his existence and my creation, but from what I have learned, it is important that he remain alive and that he grow in his power as I was already coming to the end of mine. I must warn you, though. This mark on your chest is similar to the mark on my own body, and he begins to pull his robes open to show his chest the black lines slightly coming up his neck you can see his chest is just this matte black across his skin covering almost like a tattoo you see this is the touch of the void and if my observations are correct you have the same. No. It only makes sense with your past, though, as he begins to cover his robes back up. My past? How do you How do you mean? His eyes close for a, a, a good 30 seconds, and he says, When you told me of your vision of other worlds, do you remember what you saw? Yes, I, I saw a world of green, a green sphere of life, as I sat on a bridge of ice. And that bridge connected to another, another sphere, if you will, correct? Yes, it did. Black, an emanating decay and misery. Aye. Behind it, a great circle, a 
of nothing. Yes. Ayas, from a young age, you have had a unique connection to the other planes of this world. Your vision, I believe, was of the Fey Realm and the Abyss with the backdrop of Oblivion. <sighs> Your eyes, Ayas. I have noticed they have changed. I know you told me of the work as Vanya has done on you. You see, to restore your sight, I used magic not known to those here on Anu. I pulled from a more cosmic force. You were seeing through the ethereal plane. That is the sight I gave you. The ethereal plane? I believe you to be a plane seer. This vision you described has... has confirmed my suspicion. This mark from Brim... can only be a result of my... lack of judgment and my want for you to restore your sight. And he kind of looks away. But my sight is restored. I can see again. Yes. What do you mean? Yes, this Vanya has done something to you. Do you remember how she pulled your presence to her? You yes. were some form of your astral projection. Right. Do you think she could do that with anyone? Only one who could see into other planes. I never thought about it. Why why just me? Why not anyone else? I do not know. There was something about you. Perhaps it was the restoration of your sight, the magic I used. Uh, I don't know. We also grew up in the Norholman Forest. Many of the Fae still lived here while you were young. There must have been, there could have been something, uh, some incident that um, connected you to things outside of this world. You think the Fae had any part of this? I, I do not know. I am simply, it is simply guesswork at this point. I have not had time to fully comprehend. I have been very busy and very tired restoring Telnius, so please forgive me. I understand. Baton, is, is he okay? Is my friend okay? Yes, he is. Is he still telling us? I believe that is yet to be determined. But from what I can tell, most of him still remains. Do not worry for your friend. And he actually gets up, sets his mug on a table, and walks over to you, kind of hobbling, his cane knocking against the wooden floor up to you. 
and he holds out his left hand. And when he does, you notice where his robe pulls away, some of his veins are now marked with like a deep black growing, almost reaching his palm. He reaches out his hand to hold your hand. And I grasp his hand with as much strength as I have in hopes that it's inspiring to give him life. He takes a deep breath. You have been through so much. The loss of your mother, the revelations in the new lands, the memories I stripped from you, now replaced. And it's Vanya restoring your sight, but stripping your plain seeing. Was it a punishment or a, or a blessing? I, I do not know. What I do know is that through everything you have faced, I know you have the strength of a champion. And whatever lies ahead, you will be able to face it, whether or not I am here. And whether or not... And at this moment, the door creaks open from one of the back rooms. And before Bartom can finish his sentence, Telnius. Aias! Aias! And, uh... Telnius begins to run, um, but then he stumbles and slowly, like, speed walks over to you, arms out, ready for an embrace. Anias races to Telnius and sees the stumble and races even closer to Telnius as I embrace Telnius with both arms yeah. and hold you tight. Telnius does the same. He just quietly laughing, kind of tears streaming, uh, hugs you. It's so good to see you, Ayas. Thank you. Thank you for what you did. I, I mean, of course. Why, of course. I would have brought you no matter what. Oh, the others. Where, where is Kaloon and, and Rory? Kaloon is with the orcs. They're, they're going on expeditions, diving expeditions. Tell me Rory, Rory is gone. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. I knew this. I again put my hand to my head. What do you mean you knew this? What? I, uh, I need to sit down. Hold on. Uh, he walks over to the chair that you were sitting in, and he sits down, and... Well, uh... Bartolm may be able to help fill in some of the gaps, but I I believe I'm Radovine and Tesla and well, a new Telnius. Look, and I show my right hand. Look, Bartholm. Bartholm gave me this new body. What? And look at my eyes. <sighs> And you see my eyes, and uh, in the li- the natural light, they start to uh, glimmer with gold flecks and bright, vibrant blue. You've been given power. You, this is 
new to you? Well, I think it's new to me now, but in fact, I think it's old. It's a tapping into the power that I I had before, if that makes sense. Before what? Before this body, before Telnius, before Thesla, when I was Radovin, the creator. Ias, I think that I am the creator of Anu. Are you talking about the architect? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right. The architect. Uh. Oh, it's... There's a lot. I am not sure I even fully understand it, but... Well, what matters now is I'm here. I'm recovering. And... What? How can you be the creator of everything and not know about all of... I it's I guess it doesn't matter. Well, I'm it's, I'm happy to see you here. It's a faint memory. It's it's like it's like a novel you've read from your childhood that you were fond of, but then forgotten. It's similar in that way. It, I remember, and yet it's faint. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's very strange, but what I do know is I cannot remember even the faintest bit of my time as Thesla. But according to Bartom, if I am Radovin, then I am also Thesla. Right, Bartom? Yes, uh, as I've stated, a great deal of mystery. How Thesla came to be how it was that Radovin could return to this world after spending so long on other planes. Just as you, Telnius, have this faint memory of, of the Radovin you once were, uh, so too did Thesla have trouble putting it into words. That is why he wrote the Revelations. He wished to put the power of magics into the hands of those who would seek to do good under his guidance. At the time, we were under the rule of High Lord Victor, and the lands that he created and the people his gods made were heading down a dark, dark road. I believe... Thesla was Radovin's attempt at steering the people whom he beget in the right direction. Hmm. And I'm hoping that I can continue that path with you, with Kalun, and, well, with the spirit of Rory. I. And I just barrel forward and I I hug Telnius just as hard as I can, almost collapsing in his arms. Just, I'm glad you're all right. Oh, I, I am too. And he embraces you back and 
tears stream down his eyes. He's laughing, though. It is a, a, a happy moment. Yes. Bartom watches over you two embracing, and he, he sighs, and he leans against his cane, and he says, mm, Yes. A mage needs his champion, as a champion needs his mage. And he looks kind of into the distance as if recalling past memories. Well, why do you... Did you have a champion then? Hmm. It was many years ago. Dare I say... Centuries. Centuries. But like actually centuries this time. <laughs> it was 300 years ago. Uh, a brave soul stood by my side as we faced the evil that was plaguing this land. During the War of the Three lasted a hundred years. Near the end of it, <clears throat> a white-haired man came to the Abbey of the Eights, and there I befriended him. We spoke, and we both realized there was more to each of us than what met the eye. He helped me, and I helped him. We devised a way to end the reign of High Lord Victor. Certainly you're talking of my ancestor. Perhaps that's why I always saw Vanessa as family. Yes, this land owes much to the doings of Elric Whitehammer, both written and unwritten. What he did, who he was. Oh, I miss him. That is certain. Wow. As I miss your mother. Oh. If only that damnable Erwin hadn't gotten in the way. In the way of what? Well, not in the way, I suppose. I just... I feel like things might be better if his schemes hadn't been put into action. But it is ill to dwell too much on the past, things we cannot change. But uh, that is to say that we made a good team, and I I think that if what Ayas has spoken is true, and what you have faced, Telnius, and what you may face in the coming 
days. It will be good that you have each other as uh, what I accomplished. I could not have accomplished alone. Well, I certainly wouldn't have gotten this far without him. You, Rory, or Kowloon, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I plan on keeping it that way. Aye. Well, minus Rory. But minus. Right. The Harbinger. And what you say about Erwin is... Fair. But... Through my travels, I have come to an understanding that it is a choice between two people. It isn't necessarily his entire scheme that became an obstacle. Yes, of course. I believe I allowed myself too much guilt after your mother's death. Oh, my heart still hurts when I think of that night. I can't help but think if I had been closer and hadn't let my dislike for Erwin keep me so far away that perhaps there's something I could have done. Alas, here we are. No matter what choices, no matter what forces have been in, in play, we are here now, and we must look to what is next. And, uh, that is what we must do. And he kind of rouses himself, and he begins pacing. I suppose I should tell you then about what I have uh, been planning for next. Yes, uh, by all means. Let's hear it. I haven't had a chance to study, but based on what you brought, the harpy, and he looks at Telnius, I has brought home a pet. Oh, a, a dead pet. It's not a great pet. It's dead. You could still pet it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair, fair. If you don't mind a little I-core between your fingers. <laughs> sure. Yeah, from what I could see, it isn't anything of this world, I'll say. If anything, it is a harpy of the uh, Erlona Island that has perhaps been changed in form. Should... Might could have something to do with that unending storm over Lake Fena that's been hovering and staying in the distance. Wait, wait, wait. A storm? I just spoke to someone about a storm. Yes. Yes, I believe it was the ship battle over Lake Fenor and a great storm that rose over it. There's this, the southern part of the lake... The storm seems to remain, has not left. At least a strange mist covers a portion of it, from what I've heard from my sources. Strange mist. The Wait. mist that took over the lake that night when we went out. 
that mist still remains. The one out over Adamsport? Uh, yes, that's what you said. Um, at least they fired from the mist into Adamsport. Was that... Oh, God. That was the fog. Guys, anti-Thesla. I... I don't think I've told you. Told us what? I faced anti-Thesla on the ship and... He drained me of all of my power. And he was... He was insurmountable before. Now, Anti-Thesla, I, I bet that's where Anti-Thesla is. He's at the lake. He left on his ship from a maelstrom that descended from the sky and almost sucked him up out of the water that... I bet that's who is at the lake. Where the storm is sitting is is that's anti-Tesla. But I don't think we can face him. If he's the center of that, and he's still there, that means he is confident that he cannot be toppled. That is a bold, bold stance. And... Honestly, I don't know that we that we could do much at this point. Something, something's got to change. Another thing, Anti-Thesla is Driston. Anti-Thesla is, he was posing as Popkin. I don't think any of us n- knew that before, but... The same guy? He's Aston's brother? Yes. That's anti-Thesla. Tristan Popkin, he... He spent years, a few years, at the Abbey of the Eights. That's correct. Uh, And I think his opinion of... of, uh, Thesla was skewed, corrupted. His opinion of you. Well, yeah. Has he claimed a new god? I... Yes, he claims to be the scion of Karnas. Oh, I feel... I feel weak. That is... I must sit. Here, have a a seat here. And he kind of like almost falls back into the chair. Like, Telnius, you're kind of catching him. Mm. Ias, you're getting the chair underneath him. What, what is it, Bartolm? What, what significance is this? Uh, they're saying his name. Oh, but he was unnamed. That is what we did. Elric and I. We eradicated him from this realm. How is he back? I do not know. All that work. How? Oh, this is not good news. My tea, please. Yes, yes, yeah. I run, grab it, and carefully walk it over to him. Uh, Thank you. 
<clears throat> well, I don't mean to frighten you. <laughs> you both. Um, yes. Um, okay, this changes things. All right. Well, I guess I should tell you about the dragon.